0: Hello, my name is uh, Marco Germinalio. And my name is Alessandro Maccarini. And welcome to Supernova. It's a podcast about the things we don't know. Alessandro, finally, I started to travel again. I took a plane uh, a couple of weeks ago to Italy to visit my parents. And then I was uh, watching, you know, the, the hostess working there. And I was thinking their life must be pretty hard right now, you know, with all the challenges and COVID. And then I was thinking more in general, you know, when you think about the hostess, you just have this kind of stereotype in your mind. And so it would be very interesting to invite uh, one and to hear that, you know, how he's making the jobs.
1: What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think I'm very thrilled to to hear the podcast of today. So I'm, I'm really excited about hearing how is the, the life of a hostess. So yes, let's move on. Okay. So we have here my
0: Danish friend, actually, Louisa Lundberg. She's an actress, but sometimes she works as an hostess so you're very welcome to our podcast
2: thank you well actually it's called flight attendant or capping crew uh, but uh but yes i work as a flight attendant sometimes
0: okay so i guess so it's the first thing we are going to learn today that's the flight attendant that's like terminology
2: yeah yeah or capping crew it, it depends on the company
0: yes yeah, so, so i mean i guess so, so hostess is a very old term right
2: yeah, I think both air hosts and stewardesses are a pretty old term for it um also because it's it's female pronouns so yeah
0: okay you can if you want you can tell us you know what would you experience uh, during your job that is uh, different than people think you know? This job could be.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of people always think that flight attendants are there to serve them coffee or tea uh, or food. Uh, generally, just people think it's a service job, but uh, in fact, it's it's a safety job. We're there for making sure that people survive the trip. Uh, both if they they have an illness on board the aircraft, then we are trained to to perform first aid and other uh, medical tasks, and then if the plane should uh, should be involved in an emergency we are also trained to get people out of the aircraft and to like manage a situation where we have to land the plane on a on and, and the ocean and stuff like that which is also why it's you know i think the one of the most frustrating thing about being a flight attendant is when you do the the safety demonstrations in the beginning and everyone is just sitting down reading or looking at their phones and you're just like oh my god this is going to save your life but whatever <laughs>
0: Once I took a plane in the States and they were very sort of flamboyant presentations of, uh, you know, uh, did sort of, I guess, to attract attention.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed that if you make a little bit of a mistake in it, uh, not that I do that on purpose, of course, but uh, the times that it have happened, then uh, then everyone has just looked up and started laughing and really paying attention to it. So actually it's it's not that bad
1: so actually you also have to to perform I mean to do some uh, performance in order to to get the, the attention of the of the passengers
2: definitely definitely and and also I, I think I'm I'm an actress and i I, I, I have no problem with the, with the attention <laughs> so it's a, a very a very very nice part of the job I, I think to have to also when we have to brief on the um, the intercom PA system of the flight I like that part of it
0: I guess uh, you're maybe the way you are chosen, also you know the way the uh, aircraft company choose the. Um flight attendants maybe they choose some types that uh, for example they're not introverted they're not too shy or uh, do you think they're they are very similar types because it's very much um, you know to be in the center of attention and, and uh, give it a performance Um.
2: yeah well I have been working for two different airlines and both of them at the job interview made a personality test because they want people to be extroverted and assertive and be calm in difficult situations and uh, so therefore they want type of person and uh, therefore we go through this personality tests. so of course the people you work with are, are like the same type of you but it's of course it, it will be a much bigger um, advantage if you have some sort of training from uh, let's say be, if you're a nurse or like if you have known some psychology or something like that but uh, of course I think that that acting is also uh, a good thing but I, I haven't uh, been working with many actors though.
1: Yeah I think yeah I have actually some some questions really some basic questions and I would like to to know how do you become a flight attendant I mean do you I believe that you have to uh, to follow some courses and so on but are these courses provided by airlines companies or there are some national educational programs or how does it work
2: Um, I don't really know how it works in different countries, but in Denmark, you have to apply for a job and then you have to um, fill some standard requirements. You have to be a certain height and you have to be a certain weight and then you have to be able to swim and you have to be able to speak Danish and English and understand scandinavian languages and um, then you have to go to uh, this course and it is depending on the company a little more than a month maybe at the beginning where you uh, you're just getting your training in emergency and in the first aid and so on and then you will get your exams and you have to pass them to get the job and then every year you work you have to go to something called recurrent which is like a, a mini course where you just have to like train again and make sure that you know all your stuff still because of course the safety is really important so it's it's very important that that flight attendants are up to date with uh, knowing their stuff
1: Yeah. Just one uh, curiosity. There is any age limit to be a flight attendant? Because I remember that when I was flying to the US, I noticed that I think the US flight attendants are a bit older than the European. Is that true? Or, I mean, I, I just had this, this impression. So uh, I don't know if, if there are certain parameters like uh, different in Europe or in the US about the age limits of being a flight attendant.
2: I think it's, it differ from company to company, but I think that the ones I've worked with, it has been that you have to be 21 or older. I would guess it's the same in the US because they are not, um, yeah, what is it called? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, before 21 and I think that you know I've worked with flight attendants in all age groups a lot of people when they start flying they get a little bit addicted to it and they stay there their whole life uh, even though they were only supposed to fly for two years so therefore there there are many older ones yeah I don't think there's a, an upper limit you just have to fill the health requirements and then 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 you can fly you know every five years every fifth year sorry you have to go to a doctor's checkup and make sure that your body is capable and fit for flight. So uh, as long as you uh, you, you do that, then, then I think you're good to go.
0: So Luisa, how are the internal dynamics? I mean, you you also have the same colleagues. Uh, do they change your flights every time? What are these internal things that we, we don't know
2: well, a lot of people think that you fly the same route and has the same colleagues, but actually you, uh, you change that every time, or at least in the companies I worked for, then it's, it's very, um, yeah, very different from each day. And then you get, um, a schedule where you can see which which route you're taking and which people you are flying with and sometimes you're flying with the same people that you have been flying with for maybe some months back and it's it's really nice when you fly with someone you met before because then it's just like meeting old friends um but you don't get the same like everyday colleagues as you do in in other businesses
0: but still you have a kind of some of uh, you have the same uh, sort of open personality so maybe it's not so difficult you know meeting each other and they become quickly uh, you befriended.
2: definitely definitely people in 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 the industry is is really open and really good at communicating with new people and just making friends really quickly and also if you're lucky enough to have a stop somewhere then you usually go out to to eat with the with your colleagues so therefore you you get to know them on a more personal level than you would do in in other businesses i think
0: so being a friend with a colleague is much as easy to be a friend with a passenger, was it totally different, I guess?
2: Uh, well, at the moment, we have the COVID. So we're actually not allowed to uh, speak so much with the passengers. Of course, if it's required for the the safety or the service, but, um, but, you know, you, you speak to the passengers in a way, get to know them more than you would if it was just a coffee shop or anything else on the ground because you, you are with them for longer. And sometimes if you're lucky, you get to fly them home from their vacation as well. And then you can ask them, if they had a vacation. It's all, all, also very nice. But of course, you get to know your colleagues uh, way more than your, the, your, your, your passengers.
1: What about the, the amount of working hours? Is that the same as a usual business, like around uh, 40 hours per week or, or is completely different?
2: It's completely different, yeah, because a lot of your time, ta- your working time is actually not used on, on the aircraft. It's used on turnarounds and in the airport and uh, at a hotel and stuff like that. So, and it, it varies a lot how much you work.
1: Okay, so actually also the time that you spend uh, in the hotel is considered as a working time. I mean, especially if you, if you do a long trip, I believe.
2: Yeah, in some companies it is, but it it's differ it differs as well. But there are a lot of rules. There are something called flight time limitations, which is how long you are you can fly, how long you can stay awake, how long you can be away from your home base and stuff like that. And you you have to you get you get actually you get some training in that as well because it's your own responsibility to make sure that you you are not scheduled more than 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 you should. Be able to fly but the the working hours differs a lot you 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 don't have a like a nine-to-five job as a flight attendant
1: yeah so uh, just to understand a little bit so basically how many flights do you take uh, on average per week
2: uh, that's a difficult ca- question. Like last week, I don't know, I maybe had 12, 15 flights and this week I don't have any. So yeah. like. Ah,
1: okay. So it really depends by week by week. So it's easier to make an average over one month or, or something like that. Okay.
2: No, exactly. Exactly. And in the industry, one flight is called one leg. And in a day, normally I could fly like four legs maybe, and I could fly two legs, like, Monday, I flown to Fuerteventura, so that's a very long flight. But I, I did fly two legs that day because I just flew, I just flat, float, float, float back and forth. It was very, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but you, you get the point.
0: So it's called leg, okay? That's what leg means because I hear it before, but I never associated it to a fly, okay?
2: One leg is one flight.
0: And what about, um, your, I guess your. Uniform, you know, we were talking about the stereotypes, you know, the, the common imagination. When people see you uniform in the flights, but I guess, you know, you don't change right away. So I guess you take the metro, you go in town with still with the, with the uniform. How people react? It would be very interesting to know, you know.
2: Well, you, you certainly get attention when you're in the uniform, but also people think that you know everything once you wear that uniform. When I lived a different place, I always had to go to the central station to get to work. I always Uh, wore my uniform and then people would ask me about train times and train routes and ways tourist ways and i was just like i don't know i don't work here and they got so angry with me because that was just too bad and i look like someone who worked there and i should know this stuff
0: this is not professional
2: exactly and the other day there was a passenger in my flight who yelled at me because i did not know which which country we were flying over and i was like "I, i I have no idea. You're the one looking out the window. I, I don't know. I haven't flown this route before.
0: Oh my God, she were yelling at <laughs> but you? But people
2: just, yeah, she was yelling. I think she was a bit drunk also, actually. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, people, people expect you to know stuff when you wear the uniform. So that's both good and bad.
0: I was wondering also if your, you know, thousand trainings uh, you have, you also have some training in self-defense or something like this, because a few days ago, right, about uh, one sort of violent guy in the States he has been taped to his seat. So I was wondering what what are the, pre- the procedures, because, but then the company punished actually this, the flight attendant who taped him because he didn't follow the procedure. So I guess it's a bit uh, edgy maybe.
2: You get some training in, uh, in learning how to uh, to do some self-defense and some restraining on the passengers because there are unruly passengers. Uh, but um, yeah, I think, you know, it's depending on the situations. But of course, we will always make sure to um, to inform the captain about unruly passengers because there is always a possibility that we, we have to land at an airport and get uh, help from the police because yeah, <laughs> if people are behaving and being a threat to uh, flight safety, then of course we have to go down and get them off the flight.
0: Out of the flight. So what what is in, uh, you know, when you started the job for the very first time in your life, what was that you were totally expecting it was happening, but it was not exactly as you expected and the contrary also?
2: That's a difficult question. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think I was surprised, like, maybe how many passengers that tells you that they've flown more than you, where they're like, they're angry for some something, maybe we don't have any more um, soda or something. And then they would be like, I have flown more than you, and I know that you're supposed to have this, and you have this in the bag, and you just don't want to get it for me. And like I highly doubt that, but okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe just, but, but, you know, like in all jobs I have ever done, I've always been surprised at people's rudeness.
1: Because I also believe that as a flight attendant, you need to really have a warm, welcome face all the time, right? So, so you cannot really get angry. You need to maintain calm and be always gentle with, with people, right?
2: Definitely. But I think that it's a very good exercise in patience and kindness to just like smile all the time. I I get a better day if I smile all the time instead of being angry. Also, because if I if I get angry or upset by what people are saying to me, then then, you know, it will affect my whole day. And it's just not worth that.
0: So it, it happens more often than you think that someone can get a bit offended or angry that uh, something is missing there that's not your fault it's nothing to do with you but you know with the great they get angry with the greater good because maybe they already are
2: People are have a tendency to be scared when they are flying and also because of the pressure and the the little lower level of oxygen people are more tense than usual when they're in the air so therefore they are they are stressed out about if they can make their uh, trends of flight and if they have their luggage with them and stuff like that so they 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 kind of sometimes take it out on on the personnel on the aircraft and it's just part of the job and you just have to be compassionate about it because you know people are scared in an unfamiliar environment
0: so okay the slight um, less lesser level of oxygen makes you a little bit uh, edgy a little bit
2: yes a little bit and also it, it makes you a little bit more drunk if you drink not that i drink on board but if the passengers drink on board sometimes we we need to cut them off if they get too drunk because it it does hit you a little bit harder than on the ground
1: most of the people think about the flight attendants as these people that travel a lot. And then, of course, they can enjoy this, this traveling. But I mean, can you really enjoy so much traveling or, or it's really just a job? Because I believe probably sometimes you can combine, I mean, uh, doing a long trip and then you maybe can stay there as a holidays for a few days. Is that really possible or, or you just travel for job?
2: Well, in the companies that I work with, it has always been short haul, which will say it's 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 just within Europe. So you can reach back and forth in one day. So of course, sometimes I've had a stop somewhere. I've been there for like twenty four hours. I walked around in the Gdansk or something, and that had that that has been wonderful. But if you're flying, uh, what we call long haul, uh, if you fly from Europe to the U.S. or from Europe to Asia or the other way around, then you you can get maybe like two days there because you have to rest before you fly again. But that's that's because of that your, your body has to be um, not in jet lag anymore. So um, I don't think that you get as much time off in different places than, than what people think. But I, I like it. I like it to get the, the short stops, but, but it's not very long.
0: And talking about jet lag, I remember many many years ago I got a short conversation with a flight attendant, and she told me that she has own developed, you know, her own method, perfect method to, you know, for not having a jet lag or to remove it very very quickly. Do you also have your own, or maybe maybe not, because you 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 fly in Europe?
2: I, I don't have a method because I never get jet lag, but I would love to hear her her tip though.
0: Yeah, they, unfortunately, I don't remember that. But it was a combination with the melatonin and uh, right away go to sleep. You know, with the, the right with the sun. You know, the sun circle in in the the place where you arrived or something like this.
2: Yeah, it's really important to get your sleep. Uh, you can really. Uh... Fuck up your sleep schedule uh, if you don't go to sleep when you're supposed to. Because your working hours are so different. So you don't really get into a routine. So I have a hard time falling asleep sometimes when, when I've been working and I have to lay in bed by eight o'clock in the evening Then I can't sleep at all. It's But you, you just have to <laughs> try.
0: Do you have some funny things that happened? Something you will always remember?
2: Uh, one time I, had, I was flying to Egypt. And then there was this passenger who came down to me in the, the galley, in the behind uh, the behind galley. And um, it's called the aft galley, actually. But uh, he came down and then he was like, uh, can you call the cockpit? And I was like, yes, I can call them. Why, though? And he was like, well, it's just because my son has never seen the pyramids and I really want to show him. But we don't have a lot of days down here. So it would be just great if you could fly like around them so we can see them no outside really. window. and i was just sitting there waiting for him to like laugh it off show me that it was a joke and he was just dead serious so i was just dead serious and like yeah just sit down look out the window i'll call i didn't call you
1: didn't call oh no why not a yeah. oh, poor child that he really wanted to see the pyramids
2: yeah But passengers sometimes think that they have also asked me a lot of time if I could just call the other airline and ask them to hold back a flight because they are still on this flight and we're delayed. So if they need to reach their transit flight, I have to call the flight. And I don't know why they think that my phone is not in flight mode, but they think that my my phone is working (laughs) in the air.
0: Yeah they think if you have access on internet for example from from up in the air Exactly. And what is the relationship with the with the captain normally?
2: Well in the... In the companies I've worked in, it has been very like uh, colleagues, very nice. Um, of course, there is like the hierarchy in, in the, um, but that's mostly when we're working. That's not a thing outside of the job. Then we're just equals. But I, I have he- I've heard that in, in other countries, it is much more divided and much more, you can't speak to the captain. But in Denmark, it's it's not that way.
1: And uh, and also among the the cabin crew, there are some some hierarchy also here, right? So there is someone that is uh, somehow coordinating all the flight attendants, right?
2: Of course, of course there is. Um, But that's a really good thing uh, because... You know, everyone has to be on the same plan to make it work. Also, if you're, if you're in an emergency, you have to know exactly which positions that you're going to take. So actually, I think it's a really good idea that someone is, is taking the leadership because even a bad plan can be a good plan if everyone follows it and vice versa. <laughs>
1: And uh, what about the personal life of a flight attendant? And because I believe that by having these different time schedules and so on, do you think it's even more difficult to meet with friends, to, with, with boyfriends and girlfriends than, than, than other people that work in, in, uh, in other jobs? Or do you think it's not really a challenge?
2: Uh, definitely, I think uh, to be a flight attendant is not really a job; it's a lifestyle. So, so it is very difficult for people outside of the um, the business to understand that you like your phone is switched off. 15 hours a day and you, you can't really see them because you have to sleep and then you have to get up really early and so on. So, so it is, it is hard and it difficult. And I, I maybe think that's why you become such good friends with your colleagues because they understand it. So they can see you when you have the time. And, but I think I have, I have great friends and a great family and they're really good at just accommodating that sometimes I'm just away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it's actually true that you, I mean, your phone is uh, completely off for most of the days. So you cannot really chat or you cannot send messages or nothing. And also you're away from social media. So yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: I can imagine uh, every time, you know, after a long flight, you turn on your phone, bing, 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 bing you know, 10 messages all at once. and
2: uh... Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it's a bit stressing, actually.
0: <laughs> That's the biggest stress of flying, you know, to be in a flight attendant and get suddenly a hundred messages. Why not transferring to me?
2: Definitely no no but but it it is it is stressing also because you want to uh, to answer people but of course it's like you know that feeling when you are when you have a day off and nobody writes you if you come down from a flight and you turn off your phone and you you had not no messages you're like do I not have friends but I think that's a feeling that everyone has so it's very normal.
0: It could be also a good excuse. You know, if you want to be alone one day, say, okay, I have a flight today.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's very That's why easy. I don't answer
0: you. Maybe use it already.
2: Yes, yes, I should use that for
1: <laughs> And have you ever been uh, scared about flying? I mean, have you experienced some uh, troubles in some of your flights? Or, or have you really felt this like, oh my God, something is happening now?
2: I always loved flying, but... So, I haven't really been very scared, but uh, whenever I have been trained in a new aircraft type, uh, it takes a while to get used to the noises. And, you know, you are very, um, I always have a very high attention on the noises because as a flight attendant, you are the eyes and the ears of the captain in the cabin. Um, So, you have to be aware of weird smells weird noises weird sounds weird weird anything and when you add a new aircraft type on a different destination it it is always like is this normal is this normal is this normal Um, and one time I was um, I was in Norway and it was the first time I was landing in Norway on a small small uh, it's called an ATR machine it's Little machine. Very, very cute. Um, And there was this girl who was like, I'm so afraid of flying. Can I look at you uh, when we land? And I was like, sure, look at me, I'll smile and everything will be okay. Um, and then we were landing and it was just, the machine just went up and down, up and down, up and down. And I was just sitting like thinking, oh my God, we are dying. And she was looking at me. So I just had to be smiley and calm and just be like, this is just very nice and normal. But, you know, I the whole time I could see uh, my colleague and she looked very calm. And when we landed, she laughed at me and was like, were you afraid? And I was like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Was that normal? And she was like, it's completely normal. It's it always feels like that. And, you know, I got used to it in no time. But the first time it's different. The uh, destination is always uh, it can be weird. <laughs>
0: That's good. You're also trained as an actress, actually. I guess it helps a lot. Yes, a lot. exactly. <laughs> Incredible contribution.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, but I understand when passengers are very afraid because I've been uh, very, very afraid of dogs when I was younger. I'm not afraid anymore, luckily. Now I love them, but I always, I always use that as like, to try to understand how afraid they are of flying, because for me it doesn't really make any sense. I, I really love flying. I, I love the whole thing. And yeah, because I know how how safe it is and I know how much training we go through. I know that like it's much safer than to drive a car. But I know that people are really scared because they're not used to flying and because it is scary to not have your feet on the ground.
1: I think I like very much the definition that you said that the flight attendants are actually the eye and the ear of the captain because it's actually really true that the captains are not really there in the cabin so they cannot really see what's going on. So you really have to report everything that happened that you feel a bit not normal, right? So it's, uh, yeah, that's a very good definition.
2: Yes, thank you.
1: <laughs> so Luisa, I have a bit of a personal
0: question to ask you. You are free to answer or not, of course. But I was wondering when people ask you, what do you do? Maybe... In a party or something like this, how do they react when when you say your job?
2: People get very excited because it's a it's a bit of an um, unusual job. They always have a lot of questions, like us. <laughs> yeah, and like you guys, but I I I think that you ask some um, qualified questions.
0: <laughs> oh thank you thank you. <laughs> yeah we, we try to keep that
1: track. Yeah exactly.
0: We try not not to go in, into you know into the other direction that you know when you say excited okay maybe they have again all of these uh, thoughts and what you could be there's also the reason why I want to make this podcast because you want to hear something else you know and what was the uh, the truth
2: Yeah yeah, well, I usually I I try to I keep it a bit of secret from um from from males uh, because uh, there's a bit of uh, fantasies going around about uh, flight attendants. Uh, but I think it's the same with the uh, nurses or schoolgirls or something like that. So, uh, so yeah, I try to not say it right away. But that's the same with acting. I also try not to say that because then people have million questions. Oh, wow. Have I seen you in anything? And blah, 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 blah.
0: <laughs> in some way, it must be also funny, right? In some way, it, it could be also... Funny. I mean if if you are in a good mood, you say I'm a flight attendant and then that's it. You know, then, then they start with the questions and they, maybe they think you're you know a very extrovert and so on, you know, totally misunderstanding.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun sometimes. But you know, yeah, if I'm in a bad mood, I sometimes don't want to talk about my job and sometimes it's it's all people want to talk about once they hear that you are you're a flight attendant.
0: Do you have a one funny episode that happened? I mean, outside or maybe in the plane? No, I don't think I have any. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Okay, Alessandro, do you have some other questions?
1: Well, yeah, just probably one last question. I mean, to become a flight attendant was something that you, you wanted to do since you are a child or something that just came by random circumstances?
2: Yes, actually, I, I wanted to become a flight attendant when I was a kid, but um, I've always worn glasses, and I actually thought that uh, you could not become a flight attendant if you wear glasses. But uh, my eyesight has gotten a lot of a lot better since I was a child, luckily. And also, you can you can be a flight attendant if you wear glasses. You just have to like it has to be put on your. You have this little. It's, it's not a passport it's it's like an little book where it says that you're a flight attendant and what kind of medical issues you have and that you are checked by the police and stuff like that and in that one has to to be like a prescription on glasses and you have to bring your glasses always uh, to work and stuff like that yeah but luckily I, I could be able to, uh, to become a flight attendant
1: the yeah because i also believe that the requirements these uh, physical requirements are much Strict for for becoming a pilot that then from be, for becoming a flight attendant. I heard that to be a pilot you need to have um, you know 10/10 10, 10 per each eye. I mean they're really strict requirements. But for flight attendant, I think it's it's a bit soft.
0: Alessandro, you're considering a career also part time maybe in flight attendant?
1: Yeah, but actually I mean funny story uh, between my bachelor and master degree, I, I remember that for maybe a couple of days I was uh, thinking about trying this experience, but I think it was just something uh, that Lasted a couple of days. I was looking some websites and so on, but nothing really serious in the end.
0: But I think you have been good, a good one. You know, you have, uh, you know, you have a smart and uh, you know, good looking. So <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you. Marco. You have a degree in uh, in
0: space uh, engineering, right? Aerospace engineering, yeah. Aerospace engineering, yeah. Okay, so
1: it, it's close anyway. Yeah, it's connected somehow. Yeah.
0: So you couldn't be a flight attendant. You decide, okay, I'm going to study space engineering. Okay. <laughs> Well, Louisa, thank you very much. If I should sum up from everything you said, you know, in order to be in a flight attendant, you should be assertive, calm, extrovert, empathic, not shy. You got, you know, medical training, safety training, emergency training. You should be able to speak properly, to swim, you should be a performer. So my God. Congratulations. And now I think we we will see this job a little bit differently.
2: Thank you. I hope so.
0: So thank you very much for your participation. Thank you very much, thank Lisa. You,
2: thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Thanks for all the listeners. And if you have questions, you're very welcome to write with the comments or suggestions for new arguments about the things we don't know. Goodbye to everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.